0: This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Wednesday, January 5th. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, public health in COVID waiting game, case recommends 2022 grant funding, county kicks off the year with new social media policy and a mountain weather forecast. One in 10 Coloradans are estimated to be currently infectious with COVID-19. That's according to San Miguel County Public Health Director Grace Franklin. San Miguel, as well as the rest
1: of the state, has really progressed quickly over the last week to a much higher incidence rate.
0: Franklin spoke at a Board of County Commissioner's meeting on Wednesday. An Omicron surge is spiking cases across the state. Currently, Colorado's positivity rate is just over 24%. The last time we were even close
1: was at about 20, 21% at the very beginning when we were only um, testing uh, very sick
0: individuals. San Miguel's positivity rate is at 32%. Statewide, hospital capacity is strained. Yesterday's hospitalization
1: rates was the largest single day increase in hospitalizations since the start of the pandemic. Um, when you look at overtime from this last week and from a couple days, it's not quite as severe. And so um, it's too soon to say if this increase is going to mirror the case trends.
0: With that said, on the local level, according to Franklin, regional hospitals are in a better position. The
1: regional hospital capacity is definitely the best we've seen um, over the last three or four months. Um which isn't saying it's doing amazing, right? But um, they've been able to accept transfers from both of our medical centers over the last couple of weeks okay. Um, It's still pretty tight, but it's definitely a lot better than it has been.
0: She notes there have been a number of local residents going in and out of the hospital over the past week due to COVID. I think the most notable um, one was that uh, it was an individual under five years old that had a
1: co-infection with another illness. Um, But um, still, just to see... Um, Younger, healthier people um, have severe outcomes. They've recovered and um, have been discharged from the hospital, thankfully, but um, it's still startling to see um, in real life versus um, the numbers that we're seeing on the national level.
0: But with shifts in Centers for Disease Control and Prevention guidance and events and businesses pushing through the local Omicron surge, Franklin shares reminders for keeping the community safe. She notes she's heard chatter about rapid tests versus PCR. She says in the bell curve of infection and contagion, the PCR test is more sensitive and can pick up a positive result earlier and later in infection. Rapid tests can take several days to read as positive.
1: I I would just caution for people, if you're actively symptomatic um, and keep getting a negative test, That doesn't necessarily mean um, you're um, okay. If you're symptomatic, you should stay home for at least five days um, based on how high of a disease spread we're going. Um, And then if not, um, if you've been exposed and um, are not symptomatic, um, definitely that PCR test is the most sensitive option.
0: When it comes to masks, Franklin says KN95s are the best, surgical is good, double masking with cloth is okay finally events. Franklin says whether to go out or stay home is a hard question because so much is based on personal risk tolerance. I know for me
1: um I've started eating indoors in restaurants but I walk in and I kind of do like a head count, my own comfort level, who am I with, like it's this whole like calculation piece. Um and it's not really um it's person by person. If you're immunocompromised there's definitely um More to consider, um, higher risks um, when attending different things. Um, If you're going to a large event, definitely a
0: high-quality mask and wearing it um, well the entire time is really
1: um, important there.
0: All in all, it's a bit of a waiting game to see how the next several weeks pan out. Franklin notes Colorado is following a trajectory similar to South Africa and the UK when it comes to Omicron cases, those countries have started to see their numbers level out. And so I think
1: we still have um, a couple of really hard weeks um, ahead of us. Um, And I'm hopeful that we'll continue to follow the same trajectory as South Africa or um, the UK. But I I don't think that um, we can really say what that will look like in the long term quite yet.
0: San Miguel County has testing available Monday through Friday. Registration is available at sanmiguelcountyco.gov slash coronavirus. There are also weekly COVID vaccine clinics in Telluride. It's potentially the most exciting or nerve-wracking day of the year for local nonprofits. On Wednesday, the Telluride Commission for Community Assistance, Arts, and Special Events spent over three hours on a Zoom call discussing and advocating for 47 regional nonprofits, and recommending grant funding for 2022. To get started in the meeting, Case Chair Sasha Cuccinello notes Telluride's exception for being able to have case grants in the first place.
2: I just want everybody to remember that this is a privilege that we get to do this. The fact that we live in a community that has this much money to dispense is amazing and we have privilege that we are able to do this. So this is not an easy job. We have read over 47 grants or 47
0: grants to be exact, and um, it is an award, not a reward. From start to finish, the case grant application and recommendation process lasts months. Organizations apply for grant funding from the town of Telluride, then it's CASE's job to recommend grant allocations to town council. Stephanie Jacquet, Telluride Parks and Recreation Director, kicks off the discussion explaining how draft grant recommendations are determined. Each board member does their own allocations. Uh, they do not allocate money to any organizations that they have a conflict of interest. They turn their grant allocations into staff and staff does a average of everybody's, every
1: board member's allocation per organization. We do throw out the high and the low for each
0: organization
1: and then we average what remains.
0: From there, the board evaluates each grant request based on a nine-point criteria that includes things like demonstration of unique and necessary services, long-term sustainability strategies, outreach efforts and participants served, and efforts to promote collaboration between nonprofits. Some grant recommendations go up from the average, some go down. Organizations are separated into two categories of arts and special events and community support. In total, 33 community support organizations requested just under $400,000. With just over $350,000 available, not all organizations receive full grant requests. Case member Pepper raper Cantillo jumps in at the start of the discussion to advocate for one group of applicants. Can we just go ahead and start by... Like, typically, we like to fully fund all of the preschools. Yes. And I was just yes. wondering if it would be easier if we just started by plugging that in, if everyone agreed. The commission unanimously agreed to fully fund early education programs. Bright Futures, Mountain Munchkins, Mountain Sprouts, Rainbow Preschool, One-to-One Mentoring, and Telluride Preschool all received full grant funding. The majority of organizations received 90% or more of their funding request, all but two received more funding than they did in 2021. When it comes to arts and special events, 14 organizations applied for funding, with grant requests reaching almost $300,000 and just over $250,000 available. Similarly to education programming, board members recommended providing full funds for a number of local arts organizations, Here's case member Catherine Warren. I think the the major arts nonprofits, they all have similar grant request numbers. And I'd, I'd like to see in the
1: past, I'd like to see AHA and Palm and Opera House sort of within either the, close to their max ask or, yeah. with, you know, equal footing with the other organizations because they with all do people, fantastic work. Live-
0: AHA School for the Arts, Palm Arts and the Sheridan Arts Foundation received their full funding request. More than half of the organizations received 90% or more of their grant request, and all the organizations received more funding than their 2021 numbers. Across the 47 total organizations looking for funding, grant requests range from $2,000 to $60,000. Case recommendations ranged from zero funding to $51,000. Telluride Town Council still needs to approve the case recommendations. Council will discuss the recommendations at its meeting on Tuesday, January 11th. The San Miguel Board of County Commissioners kicked off its first meeting of 2022 by voting on a new chair of the BOCC. The three commissioners unanimously voted for Commissioner Chris Holstrom to chair the board and Commissioner Hillary Cooper to serve as vice chair for the coming year. Commissioner Holstrom kicked off her time as chair with a moment looking backward and forward.
1: I would just like to start very briefly with a a moment of um, contemplation for those we've lost in 2021 and also with an intention for having us all experience the hopefully a great 2022.
0: Following the administrative reshuffle and a moment of silent reflection, one of the BOCC's first action in 2022 was approving a new social media policy. County Attorney Amy Markwell notes some comments on county-managed social media violate what the county considers orderly and appropriate behavior. First Amendment rights don't include everything. So um, and it's, ha- it's how to
1: encourage people to comment and engage with the county on social media platforms without necessarily making, you know, disparaging
0: remarks about other people or making harassing um, comments, you know, or again, yep, soliciting commercial, their own commercial business. Markwell presented a draft policy based on others adopted by local governments around the state. The policy notes the county reserves the right to delete social media comments on its accounts for several reasons, such as profanity, linking to pornographic material, soliciting commerce, or disclosing personal identifying information about another person that could be used for a crime. Again, it's all a May, it's all discretionary, and it's going to depend on what it is. The commissioners largely agreed with the draft, but Commissioner Cooper objected to one criteria listing, quote, comments that are clearly off topic. That's basically the basis of of all these
1: platforms. They're like wide open public speech platforms. So I I don't I'm a little uncomfortable with that one. You know, as much as they may annoy us, I, I think people have a right to be off topic.
0: Cooper also objected to another criteria regarding comments that, quote, promote or oppose any political party, person campaigning for elected office, or any ballot proposition. We're
1: being hypocritical. If we take a ballot measure position and we don't allow others to take a ballot measure position in their comments, then that's a limit of free speech that I'm not comfortable with.
0: Commissioners Holstrom and Lance Waring agree with Cooper. The commissioners unanimously agreed to strike the opposed language and adopt the revised social media policy. A new way to find and pay for parking is coming to Telluride. The town of Telluride is partnering with Park Mobile, a contactless app that allows individuals to find, reserve, and pay for parking on their cell phone. The app will help to find 440 on-street zone parking spaces in town. According to the town of Telluride, to pay for parking, a user will enter the zone number posted on a parking meter or sign in parking lots, select the amount of time needed, and touch a Start Parking button. Users can also extend their parking time on the app or web browser. It is available on iPhone and Android devices. The program is currently up and running, and drivers are still able to pay at the meter if they don't use the app. When it comes to public transportation, the gondola is celebrating its 25th anniversary and going through a planning process for the future. Current funding for the gondola goes through 2027 and local stakeholders are trying to figure out what will come next for funding, for improvements, for ridership. Now those stakeholders are looking to the community for input. Through an online survey, the Gondola Committee is looking to hear from the public on how they use the gondola for work, recreation, errands, what do people like most about the gondola as it exists, what are must-haves for the future. The Community Gondola Survey takes approximately five minutes to complete. It is available at OurGondola.org. 2022 may be Randy Boykin's lucky year. Earlier this week, the pilot declared an emergency over his radio that the private aircraft he was flying was going down west of Montrose. Another pilot heard the radio communication and was able to provide rough coordinates for the location of the downed plane. Montrose County Sheriff Office deputies and posse members, as well as members of the Montrose Fire Protection District, responded and found Boykin, who didn't have any life-threatening injuries. Montrose County Sheriff Office Commander Ty Cox says in a press release, quote, It is incredible that the pilot only sustained minor injuries, and we are extremely grateful for this outcome, as it could have been much worse. Boykin later told the sheriff's office his aircraft had a mechanical issue, which caused him to crash after losing power. Per protocol, the National Transportation Safety Board and Federal Aviation Administration will conduct a crash investigation. Boulder County has opened a hub where victims of last week's fire can go for assistance, help with filing their insurance claims, look for short-term and long-term housing, receive mental health services, and more. KGNU's Shannon Young has this report.
2: Disaster relief efforts are ramping up in response to the fires in Louisville and Superior. Boulder County has opened a disaster assistance center at 1755 South Public Road in Lafayette. Governor Jared Polis says it's a one-stop center for accessing resources.
3: This is where folks who suffered a complete loss or had some losses, you can go and uh, all the resources that you need are in one place. So the major insurers of the homes are there. All state American families, state farm, auto owners, shelter, USAA. They're all there. I, I talked to families who are, were doing their claims uh, as we speak. They also have gift cards for food. They have lodging vouchers right there for families. Uh, they have FEMA uh, and SBA, two other forms of federal assistance, and then a number of nonprofit agencies that have come together. So if you've lost your home, uh, you're going to want to stop by the Disaster Assistance Center between 9 a.m. and 7 p.m. any day this week, 1755 South Public Road.
2: More of the areas that were under evacuation orders have been opened to allow residents to return. Additional dumpsters have been sent to the area to handle extra large loads, like water-damaged household goods or food that has spoiled in refrigerators that spent days without power. Boulder County Sheriff Joe Pelley says search efforts continue for the two missing people and that the investigation into the cause of the fire is ongoing.
3: It's being supported by experts from the Forest Service who have, are experienced and highly talented and uh, investigating major fires in other states. And I don't have any updates on that investigation right now other than to say it is in full force and full swing.
2: Access to many parts of the affected areas remains restricted under what authorities are calling soft and hard closures. Louisville Police Chief David Hayes says that residents and others with business in the area should register for access passes.
1: Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., at the Ascent Church, which is located at 550 McCaslin Boulevard, city residents can come in and um, either either tell us that they are the victim of a fire, or if they've got still have a driver's license or a utility bill. But in any way, we're going to make sure that they leave with a pass that will enable them to get past the, the roadblocks or the, the kind officers that are there. The hard, hard closures are still closed for, for safety reasons, but we thought we would speed this up with a, with a resident-only resident pass, um, as it were. Uh, speaking of passes, um, I, I think the school district, I, I believe, is gonna be releasing something. I think they're also gonna have a pass program for parents that are taking kids to and from school.
2: Neither the fires nor record high cases of COVID-19 are delaying the start of in-person classes at Boulder Valley School District schools this spring semester. Boulder County Disaster Recovery Manager Gary Sanfacone says sticking to routines helps to create a sense of normalcy.
3: Get back into those normal routines. Get your kids back in schools, sporting activities, continue to do your hobbies exercise, self-care is critical in this effort. Uh, The other parts uh, I really want to emphasize is, uh, is one, contact your insurance company. That should be the next step. Start that process, because that is a lengthy process. Uh, As as the the governor said, there are insurance companies at the Disaster Assistance Center. You can also do it online. Uh, Second, uh, go to FEMA either online or at the Disaster Assistance Center and register. That's also a lengthy process for finding out what kind of uh, financial aid is available. Third, uh, go to the Disaster Assistance Center. I wanna be clear, it's gonna be open for a couple weeks, so there's no huge sense of urgency to get over there today or tomorrow or this week. Remember, take care of yourself, get your kids back in school. The center will be open from nine to seven, seven days a week. Um, And and go register, because there's a lot of other, there's at least right now over 20 different organizations there that provide additional services to what FEMA and the state can provide.
2: In addition to the physical office of the Disaster Assistance Center, the county has also launched a recovery resource webpage at boco.org slash Marshall Fire. For KGNU, I'm Shannon Young.
0: The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for snow showers tonight with mostly cloudy skies and a low around 20 degrees. Winds could gust as high as 30 miles per hour. One to two inches of snow accumulation is possible. Thursday, expect mostly sunny skies during the day and partly cloudy skies at night with a high in the mid-30s and a low around 25. Friday should be sunny with a high around 45 degrees. Friday night calls for partly cloudy skies with a low around 25. This has been the news for Wednesday, January 5th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206. And now, a personal commentary. Hi Telluride,
2: this is your friendly reminder that you are probably a hot model and should audition for the Telluride AIDS Benefit Fashion Show. We will walk the runway February 17th, 18th, and 19th, and auditions are this week. Please sign up for your audition time by texting Molly at 970-708-1099. Time slots are still available Thursday 5 to 6 and 6 to 7, or Friday 5 to 6, 6 to 7, and 7 to 8. Go to TellurideAIDSBenefit.org for more
0: information and all the details. Thank you so much. See you on the runway. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you would like to comment, please contact a staff person here at KOTO. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.